First of all, Happy New Year, everyone. And second of all, I am sorry because um, I would like to apologize in advance because I am starting off the year with some doom and gloom. Um, but the Bible says that uh, the light shines brightest in darkness, so please bear with me and just uh, think of it as me setting up the atmosphere or something. So we are kicking off the year with 20,000 COVID cases. And over the past two years, I'll keep hearing things like, um, I can't wait for this year to be over, or I'm glad this year is finally over. And so as Dom said, everyone's you know, excited about having a fresh start. Uh, but because of COVID, and I hate talking about COVID as much as you hate hearing about it, uh, but because of COVID, it almost feels like each year is just a continuation of the previous year, as if the darkness will never lift and we just continue on. Um, so instead of starting a new year feeling refreshed, we only find ourselves going deeper into the valleys. Uh, we grow more and more tired and weaker and weaker. So the question is, what do we do as we start another year of uncertainty? Where do we look to for our hope? And how can we prevent ourselves from burning out if we are once again uh, prevented from going to places and getting rest from the places that we love? Well, uh, John Piper's book, When the Darkness Will Not Lift, talks about Christians who have their joy buried by circumstances. And if that is you, well, today's passage will tell us of a greater place uh, that will replenish our souls. And so my prayer today is that Psalm 84 will give us a reminder of where we can look to for strength in times of weariness. Uh, so let me pray first for God to help us uh, understand this passage. Father, we thank you for the new year and we thank you for your word. And we pray that as we start this year, um, you will help us understand this psalm and make this psalm our own. And so we pray this in Jesus' name. Amen. Uh, now, in the book of Psalms, you'll find all sorts of prayers and poems. Uh, how great is our God? God is our refuge. Where are you, God? The Lord is my shepherd. God, break my enemy's teeth. Uh, everything's in there, and there is a poem for every situation. And what today's psalm is about is, um, it's mainly concerned with the subject of destination, uh, the place that you desire most to be. And uh, this is an important thing to reflect on in today's age because uh, where we want to be often tells us a lot about ourselves. It tells us about our character, what we like, how we rest, and ultimately where we find our joy. And that is why everyone hates COVID, hates lockdown, because in COVID, we can't be where we want to be. It restricts our freedom. And you know, when COVID protests are happening, it's not because they do it for fun. It is because they are fighting for their freedom. There is a place out there that gives them life, and they must have it. And until they do, they are unhappy and robbed of their joy. So in the same way, today's psalm is about a longing to be at their destination and why the psalmist believes that only when they finally get there, they can live their best life. Uh, so just three things to consider from the psalm today. Where do we desire to be uh, most? Why do we desire to be there? And what will we do there? The where, why, and what. So the first point where the psalm actually starts off by telling us exactly where he wants to be. Uh, I think he makes it quite obvious. 
Verse 1, how lovely is your dwelling place, Lord Almighty. Followed by verse 2, my soul yearns, even faints, for the courts of the Lord. My heart and my flesh cry out for the living God. Now, uh, just so you guys get a better idea of the psalmist's uh, situation, uh, in your Bible before verse 1 of the psalm, you may be able to find an inscription that says, uh, To the choir master, according to the Giddith, a psalm of the sons, uh, sons of Korah, uh, as Dom previously read out. So this was a psalm by the sons of Korah, and for those of you who don't know who the sons of Korah are, uh, in 1 Chronicles 9.19, it will tell you where it is, uh, who they are, if you want to flip over to that. Uh, 1 Chronicles 9.19 says, uh, Shalom, son of Kor, the son of Ebiaseth, the son of Korah, and his fellow gatekeepers from his family, the Korahites, uh, were responsible for guarding the thresholds of the tent just as their ancestors had been responsible for guarding the, um, the entrance to the dwelling of the Lord. Uh, so we see that the Korahites, the sons of Korah, were a family who were assigned the role of gatekeeping. Uh, they were the doorkeepers to uh, God's temple. So in the Old Testament, uh, God would have a physical dwelling place, which was the Ark of the Covenant, uh, which was carried around in a tent. And later this was solidified as a temple built by King Solomon. Uh, and so although God is everywhere, uh, this idea of God's presence physically dwelling somewhere was something that the psalmist would be very familiar with. Uh, so what he wants to do is he wants to be there doing what he usually does, uh, doorkeeping. Uh, and this is important because uh, where we want to be often determines whether our energy increases or gets sapped. So for those of you who know me, I love home. So uh, during lockdown, while everyone's getting weaker, I'm getting stronger. <laughs> and so the psalmist is telling us that in the same way, it is God's dwelling place that gives him the most life. Uh, notice in verse 2, the psalmist says that his heart and his flesh cries out for the living God. And this tells us another important thing, that where the psalmist wants to be is not just a place, uh, but it is actually wherever God met him. Where he wants to be directly correlates to who he wants to be with. Um, now for most people in this world, and I say uh, most because not everyone is fortunate enough to be like this, uh, but for most people, no matter where they go, uh, no matter how many places they visit, no matter how much fun they have where they go, at the end of the day, their greatest desire is to go home. And um, the reason for this is actually because home is where the people that they love most are. You know, parents, spouse, children. And so you see, when people complain about lockdown and quarantining and COVID, it is more often because they don't get to see the people that they love, uh, rather than not being able to go on their vacations. And so because we are created in God's image, and because God is a triune God who was and is always in a relationship with himself, um, there is often nothing we value more than relationships. And so the greatest thing of COVID is not being able to go on holidays. It is to lose our freedom to see our friends and loved ones. And so for the first time in history, the whole world has had to feel what it feels like to be in a long distance relationship uh, with those that they love. And quite frankly, this is what the psalmist feels every day, that he is not at God's temple. He didn't want to be at the temple because of how uh, great or fancy it was. The temple was only as valuable to him as the presence of his God was. 
And so to the psalmist, wherever God dwelt was his home. And not only that, he would be content with staying there forever, so long as he knew that his beloved God would be there. And then he goes on. Even the sparrow uh, finds a home, and the swallow a nest for herself, where she may lay her young at your altars, O Lord of hosts, my King and my God. And basically he's saying, you know, he's jealous of even the sparrows, uh, which were sold two for a penny back in those times. Um, basically like me saying, you know, I'd rather be a pigeon in heaven than on earth right now. And uh, I would gladly say amen to that. <laughs> so if there's anything the psalmist is trying to tell us, um, it's that we will be living our best lives if we are wherever God is at. You know, not the cinemas, not in Japan, not at KFC. Uh, but rather anywhere that we meet with God is the best place to be. And so where God is ought to be our destination. Uh, second point, why. So why we want to be where we want to be. Why the psalmist wants to be where he wants to be. So there's always a reason why we want to be somewhere. And as previously mentioned, his reason for wanting to be at the temple is because God dwells there. He expects to meet God there just as we expect to meet God every week we come to church. And now, as we previously saw in Chronicles, the sons of Korah have already been to God's temple. Uh, they've been there before, and they have tasted and saw that the Lord is good. They've experienced God's presence there, and they make the following observations, uh, three observations. First, he is our strength. So verse 5, blessed are those whose strength is in you. And it is often in the darkest times uh, that Christians grow uh, because it is when we are at our weakest that we turn to God uh, for strength. So in the valleys, he is our strength. And he makes the valleys a place of springs. Now, there will always be days and seasons where we feel weak and tired and we need rest. And uh, what modern day society will tell you is, um, hey, you should exercise, do what you enjoy, or just take a vacation because these are common ways that you can gain your strength back. Um, my doctor thinks I'm stressed and he just keeps telling me to take breaks. Um, but what the Bible says is God gives me strength. He is the provider of my needs. The Lord will keep me going from strength to strength. And uh, often when I go to Christian camps or conferences, uh, some of you guys have been recently, uh, the biggest complaint I hear is that they wish they could be there for longer. And there is truth in that. You spend maybe five days in God's presence, and then you come out filled with strength. And as a week passes of your usual life, you're back to your old self. Uh, because once you step out of God's presence, if you aren't properly disciplined, uh, you are no longer moving from strength to strength, but from strength to weakness, as does everyone else in the world. And so if you're feeling tired, if you're feeling weak, the psalmist will tell you to replenish yourself in God's presence. Second observation, God is our joy. Verse 11, he is a son. The psalmist doesn't want to be at the temple because of all the comfort or wealth. He wants to be there because that is where his joy lies. If God is not at the temple, then he would have no joy. And no one wants to be in a place where there's no joy. You always want to be in the place that makes you most happy. Um, one example of this you see nowadays in the secular world, when people find a partner, uh, they sometimes want to live with them. And it's a new thing, moving in with each other before getting married. 
And uh, you see when this happens, it basically means uh, what they are trying to do is either see if their partner brings enough joy every day to marry them um, and make them their son, or their partner is already the son of their life and they want to be with them. And so the psalmist feels the same way, but about God. There is no greater joy than delighting in his presence. And his presence cannot be replaced by anything or anyone in the world. Third observation, verse 11, he is a shield. God is our, protect our protection. In him we are safe. He is our protector and we can rest in him. Psalm 4 says, in peace I will both lie down and sleep. For you alone, O Lord, make me dwell in safety. He is our security, and it is only in safety that we can rest and sleep. There is no place safer than the dwelling place of God. And so we see for the child of God, uh, God provides these three things, strength, joy, and security. And it's kind of like when you look at a child. See, when you look at a child, they always want their mommy or daddy. They can't be without them. Their parents are like a source of life to them. They provide, they bring joy, and they protect the child until the child finally grows up and seeks independence. But the child of God is never supposed to be uh, growing up into independence from God. The child always desires the company of their father and is always trying to find a way to return to him. And even thinking about him replenishes them. Now then, final point, what? What is the psalmist going to do there? Well, first he says, blessed is the one who gets to worship you. His deepest desire is to go and worship, just like how we really want to come to physical church uh, because we can enjoy corporate worship. But he also adds in verse 10, he says, I would rather be a doorkeeper than dwell in the tents of wickedness. Remember that, that's what the sons of Korah uh, have been doing, doorkeeping. It is an act of service and it never gets old for him. So while everyone is dreaming of holidays, travel, this guy is basically saying, well, instead of going overseas, I'd rather continue serving on the welcoming team this break. I'd rather be the one welcoming others to worship than be elsewhere. Now, there are some people out there that ask, well, what are we gonna do in heaven? And when they hear that the answer is worship, they say, well, I don't want to go to hell, but I don't really want to go to heaven. Uh, but the psalmist says, you know what? I'd rather do the lowest of jobs than be anywhere else. He knows that being a servant in his father's house is a higher honor than being a king elsewhere. And so when the psalmist uh, considers these three things, the where, why, and what, this is his conclusion and the climax. A day in your courts are better than a thousand elsewhere. His destination will always be wherever God is. And no matter where he is in life, he will look up to the hope of being in God's presence. Verse 6 talks about the valley of Baca, and the word Baca is referring to a type of tree, but also sounds like the word weep in Hebrew. And so the psalmist is painting this image of journeying, uh, journeying through a place of hardship and dryness that may cause one to weep. And yet it is filled with springs by the people that pass through because they are all looking towards the hope of being in God's temple. Just the hope alone replenishes them. Now you might say, well, you know, when this church postponed its reopening, I grumbled because I really wanted to be here. Uh, but actually we are living in a different world than the psalmist was. 
What the New Testament says is that wherever the psalmist is trying to go to, that's where we are right now if we are Christians. So 1 Corinthians 3.16 says, Don't you know that you yourselves are God's temple and that God's spirit dwells in your midst? And so we are the new temples. Jesus made himself poor so that we could be rich, not only looking forward to our home in heaven, but also being able to become God's dwelling place. And so every time you pray, you're being the temple, you see. Every time you pray, you have access to your strength, your joy, and security. And this is far better than what the psalmist was going through. Wherever we are, whatever we're doing, whether we wake up or go to bed, we have God's presence within us, and that is why whatever we do, whether it's eating or breathing, we worship. We do it for the glory of God. And if this is a reality to you, uh, to you you'll be okay for another lockdown. You'll be okay for another year of chaos, and you have a place of rest and an even greater destination to look forward to. Now, if, you're, if you've been struggling to make this a reality, if you've been asking yourself, how am I going to make it, um, look to Jesus for reference. Yeah, Pastor Tim Keller calls the Psalms the songs of Jesus because Jesus gets it more than anyone else. And Jesus was the first human temple. And if you look at how he lived his life, Mark 1.35, very, uh, very early in the morning, while it was still dark, Jesus got up, left the house, and went off to a solitary place where he prayed. Luke 5.15, yet the news about him spread all the more so that crowds of people came to hear him and to be healed of their sicknesses. But Jesus often withdrew to lonely places and prayed. Matthew 14, 23, after he had dismissed them, he went up on a mountainside by himself to pray. Later that night, he was there alone. And there are many more cases where Jesus withdrew, but uh, you get the point. Every day, Jesus would go about his divine appointments, places he needed to be and people were up, places he needed to be and people he needed to see. Then in his free time, when he had nowhere else to be, where did he go? His social distance. Isolation. His social distance so that he could spend time with God the Father in his secret place, and he prayed. And as you can see, Jesus was social distancing long before, uh, long before you and me. Psalm 84 was a song of Jesus. He knew better than anyone else that better was a day with the Father than anywhere else. And social isolation was where he could best enjoy this relationship. While we're saying better is a day outside shopping, better is a day playing games, better is a day having a holiday in another country, as if we have found something better than God, Jesus relates to Psalm 84 completely and is saying better is a day by myself in the presence of God than anywhere else. He's my strength, my joy, and my security. And is that a reality for you? And when you go through the book of Psalms, always reflect. Because you see, the book of Psalms isn't read like the other books of the Bible. You don't read it as a historical account or like you read the New Testament letters uh, where you say, ah, I need to live like this. It's actually written by people like you and me who walk with God. Many times it is supposed to be a reflection of ourselves. And you're supposed to read it and be like, yes, I get that. Yes, the Lord is my shepherd. 
Yes, I thirst for God. Yes, the Lord gives me rest. Yes, praise the Lord, O my soul. And if we can't relate, then there is often something hindering us and preventing us from making them our reality. God is not your strength, or perhaps your strength is in yourself. God is not your son, or perhaps another thing or person is. God is not your shield, perhaps your money or career is a security. And so we must let go of these things so that our valleys can turn into springs. See, blessed is the one that trusts in him. And so you should trust in him. The answer that the psalmist gives to our present troubles in this world is to look to our hope and destination. But Jesus gives us something better. He made us temples so that we can pray to God wherever we are for strength. And we have an even better hope to look forward to, our home in heaven. Now, if you don't know Jesus, the Bible tells us that earth is not our home. Peter in 1 Peter 2 tells us we are foreigners and exiles, meaning that we are simply passing through. And what we're passing through is earth, uh, which is very much like the valley of Becca. There is a lot of weeping. But our destination is not Jerusalem as it was for the psalmist. Revelation 21, 1 says, Then I saw a new heaven and a new earth, for the first heaven and the first earth had passed away, and the sea were no more. And I saw the holy city, New Jerusalem, coming down out of heaven from God, prepared as a bride adorned for her husband. And I heard a loud voice from the throne saying, Behold, the dwelling place of God is with man. He will dwell with them, and they will be his people, and God himself will be with them as their God. He will wipe away every tear from their eyes, and death shall be no more. Neither shall there be mourning, nor crying, nor pain anymore, for the former things have passed away. And so our destination is in heaven, where the greatest feature is God's presence in its fullest. And Jesus died for you and me so that we can get there. And so whatever it is that you are holding on into this world, strength, joy, security, let go of it for your real strength, your real joy and real security in Jesus so that you can have the real deal. Don't set up your home here and set your heart, set your heart on pilgrimage to go to the destination where you will never thirst again. And so let's pray. Father, we thank you for your year, uh, for your word, and we pray for this year that uh, you will replenish us, be our strength, joy, and security, and help us uh, be springs in the, valley that, the valleys that we walk through. And so we commit this year to you. In Jesus' name we pray. Amen.